0: By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the FemEx Advisor podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller Heckman, the founder of FemEx Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven inspirational and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted.
1: Welcome to our call today. I'm Adri Miller Heckman, founder of FemEx Advisor, where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self. My guest today is a very impressive woman. But when she tried entering the financial industry, she failed her first test, indicating she wouldn't make it in sales. Today, she and her partner own a very successful wealth management firm, and she recently shifted her focus to women. Carrie Galloway is the managing partner at Advisors at York Bridge Wealth Partners. Did I say that right, Carrie?
2: I think so. I'm a managing partner at York Bridge Wealth Partners.
1: And I want to welcome you to the call today. And I'm excited that you're my guest. But I want you to take us back to when you failed your exam.
2: Sure. So what happened was I was very much wanted to make sure that I had a job when I graduated from college. That was really, really important to me. I really wanted to be at graduation and know that I had my, you know, my first job lined up and numbers, finance was always something that I was interested in. So my major in college was finance. And one of the various firms that came to my college for recruiting was a financial planning and advisory firm. It was, or it is still in business now, it's Ameriprise. And when part of the interview, the first round, they talk to you. It's sort of a typical interview. Then the second round is they make you take a test, which is all different types of questions. You know, I think it's aptitude as well as preferences of what you want to do and I got to a question that said do you, what do you, how do you it was something about like how do you feel about being in sales and having a commission based salary and I you know, Did not was not comfortable with that at the time. So I know I answered not comfortable. And I think that's what sort of threw me out of the running right then and there, because it was not something that I was comfortable with. So I definitely did fail that test and did not get asked back for any additional interviews.
1: So how did you take that? Because I talked to so many female advisors who have failed their test, right? I failed... The Series Seven test and had to take it again. I mean, you're just coming out of college, and your first potential job—they say you're not qualified.
2: Yeah, what was that I, I mean, like? It was a little. It was definitely a little bit devastating because I was definitely the type of person who I had always had very good grades. I always did well on tests, so it was a, a, a bit of an eye opener to what the real world and so to speak was going to be like and it made me really take a step back and I had to think about what did what like almost reconsider what was I going to do and the types of jobs I was looking at and and looking for so it was definitely a little bit scary at that time
1: so what did you do next
2: I kept looking, you know, I just kept looking for different jobs and I realized that I needed to find a place where there would be, it was going to be a little more nurturing. So ultimately I ended up at, in a training program for, it was at the time, a new division of Pershing and the brokerage firm, I'm really dating myself now because I not exist <laughs> this anymore, but DLJ, but they had a new online division. At the time, it was like a couple years old because online trading and that oh. was, you know, it was 1998. So like the internet and everything was still in its infancy. So it was to join a training program where we would get a salary and then we would be helping out different financial advisors who were helping their clients then set up accounts online where then they could ha- do their own tra- trading. So what I realized was that I needed to look, you know, look diff- at different places to find the, a better fit for where I was going to start.
1: So don't you think that in, in most of the women that I coach, we are high achievers and we like taking control, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And we like everything lined up. But what you're telling me is these experiences, you're failing the test was redirecting you?
2: It, yes, it re it redirected me, but then it also made me r- realize, similarly to what you're saying, that I did want things to be set up and orderly because that's ultimately where I landed. You know, it was very, very. Once I realized that I could become part of a training program, where at that point they would, it was very structured. You know, you they would. There was time where we would get training for the Series Seven. Make sure you got your Series sixty three. Then training on how to work with clients, how to open up new accounts. So that was all that part I really liked, which I think is similar to what you're saying. You know, it was very like methodical, and you yes. I knew every day what was going to happen when I came in through the training program, and then afterwards, exactly what I was going to be doing. And I knew that that would be a really good first job, probably hard, but and it was at times but it was also a really good first stepping stone where I was there for a year and then was able to move on.
1: And where did you move to?
2: So after that, then I went to Citigroup and worked in their asset management department.
1: And what was that like?
2: That was, so that went away was actually the total opposite. So at that point I ended up and did not have as much structure. It was definitely much more reactionary to the, so I was working under financial advisors and portfolio managers supporting their clients. And so it was very reactionary to however the, whatever the clients needed. And that was difficult for the coming from something where it was much more methodical.
1: That must've really pushed you out of your comfort zone.
2: It did, but it also, I think, made me grow then a lot. So it, it was, you're right. So it, that job I, I knew would sort of was needed to really get to me to the next, to another phase. Yeah. And I think that there was the way that I've always been, and especially thinking back to that point being in your sort of mid 20s. If somebody told me you need to do something, I would do it. You know, I was not the type of person, right? Like your parents tell you to do something, I did it. I was that child where I always followed the directions. So, kind I of a perfectionist. That.
1: Yeah, yeah, a perfectionist
2: and then a bit of the rule follower too, where you're you always do what you're supposed to do. So, even though you're right, yes, there would be times I was told I needed to call certain people and. When I picking up the phone was very hard, but I nevertheless did it just because that's what we were. So supposed you just, to
1: do. yeah, you you just grin and bear it, and you do what you're told. And we've been working together for well over a year, and I see that who you are, that structure, right, that liking all your eyes dotted and T's crossed, is is a foundational component to who you are, right? Just like Mm -hmm. you wanted that step-by-step, that structure, I rebelled from structure. I wanted to do it my way, and it's who I am. So, how did you this, tell me what to do, and I'll do it, and I'll do it well, start our own practice?
2: Because that's so very good question. Because it's totally different.
1: Totally different.
2: um, So it all came down to so many years passed between even being part of City Group Asset Management and ultimately starting my own business. But what the the main reason was about it, it was because of the clients. Because what happened sort of through the evolution, I realized that what I really loved doing was planning. And I've said this, you know, Adri knows this, that I now say that planning is part of my DNA. It's always been something that's been important to me and is ingrained in just how I operate. And so I realized that we weren't The folk we had, we were not going to be able to focus as much on that planning side with clients as I felt that we needed to. And so I also, through even so years of working with clients, I realized that we had a good process. And now, and I learned what needed to be done, and I learned what clients were most interested in. In order for us to most effectively and also I think efficiently be able to do that being on our own, or me being on my own, was going to be most beneficial to clients.
1: So do you think that through all these experiences, you were pushed in and out of your comfort zone, you learned more about yourself, but the reality is we are who we are, right? But then you found that that the system or the process that was developed, it wasn't allowing you to truly fulfill what you wanted to do for clients? Yes. In what way? It became, the main reason was that
2: we couldn't customize anything. It was too... Structured? And yes, exactly. (laughs) I said rigid. And it really, and and it was. And so, and the focus wasn't all, we, I felt that the focus from the management wasn't always on just what a client would need at one moment, because it's always an evolution with a client, right? Like where people are in different stages of their lives, they will need different things. And sometimes that focus gets lost and it becomes too much on what is important to the parent company or the bottom line. And, and that's where things have become insti- too institutionalized in the mm. financial world.
1: Do you think being a woman played a role in that?
2: In me leaving or in the- Your rigidness?
1: perception, what you wanted to do, really uncovering your purpose as a financial advisor.
2: So that's a great question. I haven't thought about it so much in that sense, but I. But now that you asked that question, I do think so. I do think thinking about how I operate in the planning and the depth of the planning or the conversations that I have are different than what some of my male colleagues have had or potentially even have. I think it is just the female brain thinks differently and is much more empathetic and is much thinks about things much more comprehensively. And that's a great thing for clients, ultimately. Yes. I mean, I think it ultimately benefits them tremendously. And it's not to say that the male financial advisors don't do that in aren't doing it. It's just, I think they sometimes come at it at different angles. It's truly the, you know, Mars versus Venus type of scenario. Right.
1: Right. So let me ask you in all these changes, you start out, you fail your first test because you don't have the right skill sets or personality. You probably didn't even understand what it was that you failed. Right. But that's a, that's a tough way to start out. (laughs) (laughs) So you go through all these ebbs and flows, changes, you go structure, non-structure, structure, non-structure. What was the hardest move for you?
2: So the hardest was was definitely when we making that decision to, to leave when I was part of Morgan Stanley. That That was, I think, possibly the, ha- the hardest decision.
1: I got to think for you with your history of liking structure and everything, that had to be massive. Yeah, it was.
2: It was. There were a, lo- a lot of differences for a lot of reasons. I mean, even just from questions that you get from family members, second-guessing, why are you doing this? And are you sure you want to take this step? And there's going to be so much work and isn't the, the known better than what the unknown could be. You know, there's so you get that, that I think it was the hardest is that not always having, not that it wasn't support, but just the whole process, the going through the process. To questioning make
1: that you questioning. Right. Your, okay. So, right. so I was writing down and I was thinking if you take your nature, right. Which, you know your nature, and and certainly we can change a little bit, but I'll never be shy, right? (laughs) You know, you will always have that planning mentality. You take your nature, and then you find this purpose. It almost becomes like an ember inside of you that grows, and that it's almost like people are questioning you, and it's causing you to think but it's not just your brain that's part of this decision. True. it's it's almost like it's your being and i see that with a lot of women who have achieved success they get to this certain point and they go this isn't fulfilling me like it could i'm not able in this environment to have the kind of impact I wanna have on my clients. And so you take those two combinations and you've built an amazing practice. How did you you. get through Mm -hmm. the process? How did you, you know, you're moving into unknown territories. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of structure that you need to put in place. People are questioning your decision. This must have been a huge growth opportunity for you.
2: So you're right. It was a huge growth opportunity, but it def- did not come immediately. It definitely took time. And I, that's potentially one of the most difficult pieces is that it? it I knew that there was going, we were, there was going to need to be a lot of client handholding. To your point, we were going to need time to set up certain systems, have new personnel or associates, you know, uh, train them in in definitely a long time, you know, added in then just things happening just in the world and the market and people's family lives. So last year we got to, or no, actually about a year and a half ago, I realized that I would need to do, we needed to move even to the next, I wanted to move to the next level. So you mentioned that there's a, like this burning desire starts. And that's where I realized that I needed to be more fulfilled with the clients I was working with, that there were certain clients that are, it's, we work we do better work for. They they really need our service or our assistance, and that's where we needed to focus. But I also knew that I needed help to get there, and that's when I reached out Mm. to you. And the process that I've been able to now put into place has definitely been able to leverage my time and even, I think, propel to another, what will be the next, truly next level. It's starting in process, but that is going to continue because there really is this desire to, and desire is not even the right word, it's like a need where I can help certain types of women.
1: Yes. And isn't that interesting that all of these experiences, all of these changes, every time we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, it's almost like We're building this foundation of confidence to move higher, higher, bigger, bigger, better, better. And so it, it, and as you build that confidence, I think you start to trust that you trust your heart and your soul as what it's telling you. Would you agree with that? Yes.
2: I definitely agree with that. And I think it's just, as you're saying, it's, you're able to, it it becomes part of your being almost where it's, there's like, it's, it's just a voluntary reaction where, you know, either the work that you want to do or the types of people you want to work with. And that makes what you do more enjoyable, but, but it also leverages and makes the day easier because there's less, questioning on what should I be doing next or who should I be working with? And that's fantastic.
1: And a part of that, I think, in your journey in this last year was not only were we focusing more on women, but we were raising the bar on who you would accept into your practice. What happened as you got more focused on your ideal client and recognized that you have a limited amount of time where should you be spending your time and who are the clients that can truly leverage you? What happened to your business?
2: It exploded isn't quite the right word, but it definitely took off, like in this in the sense that I had the most new business last year and in and that was 2021. So it's amazing to me, and it was while working primarily remotely, which is also amazing to me to think about because thinking five years ago, I don't think anybody would have ever said that that was possible. Yeah, And 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 it really was through referrals from existing clients. So to your point, it was all getting really much more specific on who I wanted to work with and who we were best able to help.
1: And- it's not just becoming clear about that, it's having the courage to do it to say it, it yeah, and
2: I think we I started talking about it much more, so being more vocal with existing clients and and or just friends and family has made it's made it fun it's
1: now, yes, and you're a working a mom, you've juggled it all, you've balanced it all, you're actually learning to take more time off to spend yeah. more time and not be overloaded at work, and yet business keeps growing. Yep. It's funny how that happens. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Well, we're going to run out of time. So let me ask you something. What advice, based on all of that and what you've experienced, what advice would you give other women listening to this call? I
2: think my biggest piece of advice is to trust your Gut and to trust your own instincts because I think that that's something that a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit for, and that is, and intuition is really important. And we can't, we shouldn't, and we can't discount that. And then I also think the other piece of advice I would say is, if you do think, if somebody thinks they need a coach, that they should look for one because it does make it. Oh. We can't, we're not experts in everything we do. So,
1: absolutely. And you have been, you've done such an amazing, amazing job. And it really is, I love what you said. Trust your gut. You know, there's something I read years ago that women have what we call diffused awareness. And it's almost like we have these. Tentacles that go out of our brain that have highly sensitive feelers on the end. And we're picking up messaging that is not verbal and we're bringing it back to ourselves. And that's how we make decisions. That's interesting. We need to trust that women's intuition has been ridiculed even in the industry, because it wasn't understood by the population, which was primarily men, it was dismissed. Ladies, we've got powerful intuition. And the more we get back to that, the more just as Carrie peeled it back and uncovered and trusted what she felt, that's when success happens. Thank you, Carrie, for joining us Thank today. You, Thank you. You're for a rock everything. star. Oh, God, we've had so much fun. We're going to continue. Yeah. For those of you, if you love the podcast, share it with everybody you know. Together, we're going to change this industry. Thanks, folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Femex
0: Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adrie's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.